Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Out Chasers Rugby podcast, uh, the podcast about rugby. We don't take ourselves or the game too seriously. Uh, I, uh, I'm JB with no Tim, but we do have Phil. Hi JB. And a new member of the team, CJ. Hi Jay. Uh, now CJ is here because we need another person to talk and me and Phil didn't feel that we quite had the uh, um, vocabulary or <laughs> lexicon or eloquent enough to actually pu- pu- pull us off as a twosome. Uh, so, no, well, we, we, we did for 15 minutes uh, oh. last week and we kind of struggled through it. Oh my God, it was awful. Well, I'll, I'll uh, pull back <laughs> the curtain here. This is actually our second go without Tim. Uh, we've got our substitute teacher Sam, Sam here. And um, Tim, if you're listening, we do miss you. We miss you an awful <laughs> lot. This is difficult. Have, have a nice time in Florida, Tim. I'm, I'm sure you're having a great time, but uh, it'd be good when you're back. Exactly. So, um, first of all, let's go. Let's go and visit CJ there. CJ, where, where were you this weekend? I was down in Cardiff, Jay, watching the rugby. Wow. I uh, see so you went to the big final then. Went to the Heineken Cup final. No, no, the, no, no, the big final. <laughs> the Amlin. Yeah. No, I didn't. I watched that from a pub. Now, um, looking at the two games just gone past, I was very much looking forward to the Handling Cup final. But actually, I think on balance, it was the Amling Cup final, which is slightly more exciting. Uh, certainly more points scored, if, if you take it from that, more tries, and uh, probably better rugby, um, I'd say. I, I was I want more entertaining rugby. Whether it's better rugby or not, I, I don't know, but definitely more, more entertaining rugby. I, I was really disappointed with the standard of rugby um, in the Toulon-Saracens game, partly because it was so tense, so obviously they were kind of the, the tens were kicking corners, trying to control the game rather than play expansive rugby. But also because of the pitch, the number of times that players slipped in in good positions where they've broken through, um, and they just completely lost their footing and everything broke down. Uh, and also the scrums, the first scrum, the just just a lottery, and had to get moved. Yeah. Out of the like, past the five metre line. I've actually got some chickens, right? And they've ruined my grass. And it took me about three weeks, and now I've got a perfect lawn. How hard can it be with a full time ground staff just to actually grow, you know, grow, grow some grass, grow a field? Uh, there are fields up and down the country, and yet for some reason in the Millennium Stadium, just can't do it. The problem is, in the middle of your lawn, you don't have 16, 18 stone blokes. Yeah, Put, pushing against each other. Once have, every six months or have, something like that. You have three chickens and a, a chocolate Labrador trying to, <laughs> trying to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just can't understand it for the life of me. Besides the pitch, what did you make of the rugby? Or, or CJ, what did you make of the rugby? Yep, you were there. I actually really enjoyed it. 
Um, Cardiff, probably the best place to watch rugby. Millennium Stadium is it's in the centre of centre of the city. I used to think that until I went to Richmond, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, t- Richmond and Twickenham for me is well, it's brilliant. I just like the fact that it's it's there. You know, you're in a pub, and then ten minutes ten minutes later, you're sat at your seat. Yeah, yeah. The locals are a bit suspicious there on Cardiff. Um, <laughs> yeah, and actually, going back to the game, it kind of developed um, almost almost as I thought. The only slight difference was I was very impressed with how Toulon handled the Saracens' defence, and I think the the bit which broke them uh, broke Saracens. That was was a very very clever move. Now, whether it was planned or not, I, I don't know. For the for the first try, for Gitto's try, yeah, yeah, there, there was a lot of debate on TV as to whether it was planned, whether it wasn't. It, it was the switch of play, wasn't it? It just yeah. very very quickly. It did look like it was sort of. But Gitto's kick and um, it was Mitchell chasing it, wasn't it? Mitchell had set off as Gitto had the ball in his hands, so it looked to me like it was a planned move. And the way that Gitto kicked it as well, the yeah, it looked like he scuffed it from some angles. Yeah, it, it looked like a horrible kick, but, but actually, obviously it was, not. It was a brilliant kick. Yeah, really really well executed. Um, now, you were in the stadium, so you weren't uh, exposed to the delights of uh, Stuart Barnes's commentary. What a mess. <laughs> I did watch the game this morning. Uh, I recorded it on uh, Sky Plus, and I had to turn it off uh, the volume. Uh, to, to <laughs> Not mute, the game. Mute it. <laughs> yeah. By far the best bit of, bit of commentary I've heard all year was Stuart Barnes saying, now, Mike Stevens is either winning the scrums or he's tricking the referee to <laughs> think he's winning the scrums, which is... So he's winning the scrums, or he's pretending to win the scrums. I mean, what what does that even mean? Uh, he you, had some absolute blinders. Did you see his video analysis of the hit by Craig Burden on Scalp Brits? No. Where Burden Burden was clearly offside because he was in front of the back foot of the rook. But on the video analysis, Stuart Barnes put a line from the Saracens' back foot, <laughs> so it showed that he was. <laughs> it showed Stuart Barnes said he's clearly onside. With a line that's incorrectly placed I mean, that showed he was clearly offside. How much money is actually in, in rugby now, and yet we still get Stuart Barnes? I, I wasn't sure whether I should have sort of come on and talk rubbish about rugby, and I thought Stuart Barnes gets paid to the European exactly. guy. I'll probably be okay. Exactly. Yeah. Stuart Barnes and Wayne Barnes both hate rugby. I've said this for a long time. They, they, oh, they absolutely detest it, from what I can tell. Um, going back to the game again, what do you reckon was the biggest difference between the two teams? Because for me, there was, there was two two areas where I think Toulon were vastly superior. Well, okay. Firstly, I'd say Toulon were just cleverer. I don't think they're a lot more powerful than, say, Claremont. Because Claremont are a powerful team and they were just shut down. But I just think that they were smarter. They've obviously looked at that Claremont footage and they've worked their way around that Saracens D. And I think it kind of started to break down. Um, they, sorry, they broke down physically Saracens towards the end because it, it's a long, hard slog the way they play. And, uh, you know, Toulon just uh, just let loose then. Any, any thoughts, CJ? Well, yes, Phil. Uh, I uh, Basically, it came around the lack of strike runners that Saracens had on the pitch. Um, That's one of my points, that you look at uh, Toulon's pack and they're all ball carriers, whereas you look at the, the Saracens' pack and you've got, like, uh, Borthwick, Hargreaves, Brown, um, Berger, none of those are really big ball carriers. Compared to yeah, that's a really good point. To Russo, to Backy's both uh, to Lobbe, Smith, Armitage, and like all of the front row can carry as well. And Billy Vanapola, he carried 
He, he was he, only one carrying. He some. was unbelievable the amount of work he did, but they just overused him because no one else was carrying. He was him. shattered by the end. Of oh, well, he, he was carrying for that the ball and the whole team. <laughs> not as I say, Lagiesman, not not Lagiesman, uh, Fernandez, Fernandez Lobby try. Um, you could see him going backwards, and he was just absolutely wrecked. Yeah, he, he, he couldn't run. Yeah. Did no. you see the shot of him in the changing room after the game? No. Oh, I feel sorry for Northampton. I think he's just going to eat someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see the bit uh, at the end? Jo- uh, Johnny chases. It looks like he's going to chase Billy Vunapolo off. Oh, the yeah. Fit. No. Yeah, it yeah, was. Billy, yeah, it was. Uh, and whatever reason it is, Billy just shoots off into changing room. But mind you, yeah. he played his heart out. I mean, there's nothing, nothing more that that guy could have given. I yeah. felt really quite sorry for him because the. Head-to-head analysis sort of made out that he could be completely yeah, outplayed. Yeah, which is absolute nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> superb. He went forwards with every single again. Carry that's a reason that you that, that you buy BT Sport. We've said it time and time again. <laughs> that's why it, definitely. That's and why ne- you subscribe to a premium broadcaster. Next year, the uh, European Champions Cup or whatever it's called will be, thank God, on BT Sport. Yes. Um, this is a weird thing. Why on earth, in an age where you r- routinely change your whole front row, did? Uh, Toulon decided that the thing to change was their second row. It's not hardly a, a trendy thing to do, is it? Yeah, because, well, they had um, Suter... And Ali Williams. Uh, yeah. They had, they had Suter as number 23. They only had two back subs on the bench. They had... Um, uh, by the way, has, it, has Ali Williams got an easing disorder, though? He doesn't look in great shape, does no, he? No, he, 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 looks, he, he looks like the Judderman from like the old Mets adverts. I don't know who that is. No, it's, a, it's, it, it's alcohol <laughs> that I drank when I was 13, so... Anyway, forget it. Um, yeah, but I thought that was, that was quite strange. And the other thing which I kind of thought at the end, end of the game, well, actually, throughout the whole tournament, Danny Rousseau is an absolute animal. He's an absolute beast. But when they talk about South, South African second rows, you always hear Matt, Matt Field, Backy's Botha. But you know, watching him through this year, he, he looked like he's better than both of them. Um, well, yeah. Why does he get? I just don't. I don't really see why why he doesn't get the recognition that the other two do. I think he's played a bit at um, six as well, six and eight. So he's never been an out and out second row. He, he's kind of a bit of a utility, which often kind of undermines. A pl- kind of like Martin Corey. Yeah. When your version of Martin Corey is Danny Rousseau, you're in. Yeah, you're in pretty good. Nick. You're doing. You're doing all right. Um, okay. Shall we talk briefly about the Amlin Challenge Cup? Yes. Let's. Now, I thought that was by far the most exciting game. And I think that might be uh, a little snapshot of the future of rugby. The collisions were absolutely monstrous. And Northampton's runners, again, were absolutely monstrous. Well, I was uh, sort of doing a bit of a prediction before the game. And I saw, looked along the Bath back line and then along the Northampton back line. And there was sort of a stone, two stone, in some cases three, between the players. And very skillful players at Bath. But very the, fast as well. But the size of that yeah. back line in particular was compare well size wise. You compare George PC and Luther Burrell to Jonathan Joseph and Ollie Devoto. Devoto yeah. They're much bigger. Yeah, like you say, two or three stone a man. And George PC and Luther Burrell are not slow. No, <laughs> they're, no they're not. Pretty, pretty well, quick guys. It as felt well. like watching the Northampton game that. Northampton would play the ball once, twice, and then a massive strike runner would just come down the middle, and they'd make yards after yards after yards. Uh, and Bath held out. It wasn't until it wasn't until the second half I, I felt that that kind of strategy um, paid dividends. The reason that I think it might be the future is because that sort of rugby for both sides is so high intensity and so energy sapping. You're not going to start seeing tries now till say you know, middle of the second half, and it's just going to open and up. And then it opens up. Yeah. Out of the two games, I thought that the Amlin Challenge Cup was by far the superior game. Did you watch any of the uh, Wasps Stad game as well? 
bits. I was in the pub in, in Cardiff somewhere. Yeah, we, we, I, know, I know you didn't really watch it, Jake, because you were driving me to, to North Wales, and I was watching a little, oh, yeah. a little bit of it on my phone. That seemed like quite a good game, but it, it seemed like uh, Stad in the second half did the classic uh, French trick of they were losing and just rolling over and giving up. Yep. But they did surrender to the hands of a legendary fly half. Yes, that's right. They certainly did. Retiring, Andy Good, unfortunately. Although that's the rumour. I don't know if that's official. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I saw something a while ago saying that he was looking to extend his Wasps contract by year, but I've not seen anything official either way. And if you're Wasps, why wouldn't you extend it? That's the question. Yeah, he's playing well. He's um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, shall we talk about a fly half on a similar level? Um, similar level to Andy Good? Uh, maybe is, level is, down. Yeah. Maybe level down. Is it's it, not an all time great. Is, is anyone on the same level as Andy Good? Not really. Well, uh. um, now there's a bit of background to this. We've got a little WhatsApp group going, which is um, a few of our friends and we chat about rugby. And uh, <laughs> interestingly, the consensus is he's a legend. I think he's a legend. I'm pretty sure you think that he's a legend. Um, we are talking about Johnny Wilkinson now, not, not Andy Good. Oh, no, no, we are talking about Andy Good, 100%. 100%, 100% consensus on Andy Good. Uh, there's, one, there's one guy here who doesn't think he's a legend, just merely great, which I find a staggering suggestion. Um, <laughs> the group was quite split. So me and you were saying, and, and a couple of other guys were saying that Wilkinson retiring is a legend, like one of the all-time greats. And then CJ... This you, is you, very you, interesting. You're saying he's a bit overrated. Well... <laughs> By the way, this is the man that's a, a fully paid up member to Johnny Fest 2014, sponsored by Heineken, which was yesterday. <laughs> so after yesterday, can you possibly say he's not an all-time Hall of Fame legend, nailed on best player, probably in, in, in the Northern Hemisphere ever? No. Oh, he okay. He's a brilliant professional and tireless work ethic, and he's made the best of what he has. But he, he, he's not. He's, he's not he's, Emil Heskey. <laughs> But a bit like sort of Gary Neville in football. Oh, just, how dare you? <laughs> no. How it's dare you? He's just not a naturally amazing runner of the ball. Oh, stop no. it. Stop it. So these days, I agree, he's he's 34 and he's had more than his fair share of injuries. But for a long period of time, and most of his time in, in a, an England shirt, he was like the best player in the world. And like undoubtedly the best player in the world yeah. as well. I think he is in the top three fly halves ever to come out of the Northern Hemisphere. I say that because I just can't name two which are better. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I, well, you're probably top three fly halves ever. I'd go Carter. Dan Carter by a country mile. I think yeah. even Carter, yeah. like, the one... The complete package, the complete rugby player. I think they're, like, one and one A. Yeah, I, I, I think Carter is is the best, but I, I put Wilkinson second best behind him. Yeah, and also, uh, I, I would say it's a lot harder to win things... No, no, that's absolute nonsense. I was going to say it's harder to win things with Toulon than it is with um, Crusaders, but that is nonsense, so it I won't say that. It was playing 10 for the most successful English side of all time. Newcastle. for Toulon. <laughs> Sorry, I think the national side. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's... If there's going to be like a little bit of a blemish on his record, I'd probably say the fact that he played for Newcastle for so long and they did nothing. Uh, well, well, except for win the title win, first yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't him, that was Rob Andrew. Yeah, he's definitely a legend. Well, uh, yeah, now, uh, if, if, you, if you agree with CJ... Get in touch at, <laughs> yeah. at, at Rugby Podcast. Let us know what you think. Let, no, You've got all week, so don't rush. <laughs> I'm not saying CJ said this, but someone on the group made these ludicrous statements. One, Toby Flood is a better player of a ball. Oh, my God. Uh, number two, Nick Evans is a better fly half. That's no, not a bad shout. Nick, Nick Evans is a very good fly half, who I rate highly. He, but 
he's never been in that high pressure situation that Wilkinson's been like a Heineken Cup final, like a World Cup final. Wilkinson's been in two World Cup finals. He's won two two Heineken Cup now. You can't say that Nick Evans is as good when he's he does it at a lower level, but he's never replicated at the highest level. He's always been behind Dan Carter and uh, Aaron Cruden or whoever. Uh, is it? Spencer, Spencer, Carl Spencer, Carl, Spencer yeah. when he, when he uh, first yeah. started. Because he's, he's actually a couple of years older than Dan Carter as well, isn't he? Is he really? Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. So yeah. then he's sort of been second choice behind two. He's certainly grades. worth being in the conversation, but I think if you're not starting for your team, you, you can't be compared or you can't be judged against Johnny. Yes. You've got to be starting for your international team. So, Johnny Wilkinson, obviously retiring. He's got one more game left. Um, and someone suggested on Twitter that we should pick a retiring 15. A group Oof. of players, or the, the best 15 that we possibly can, who are retiring this year. Okay. Um, right. So, I've struggled with this because it seems to be... Everyone, t- everyone tells you how dangerous scrimmaging is, and yet no props uh, seem to have retired. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of positions I'm really struggling with. If anything... It's second, they... it's second rules are retiring left, right and centre. Yeah. If anything, right, this shows me that scrums need to be more dangerous because <laughs> when I'm doing my retirement 15, I need some props. Um, the only one that might be retiring, I think, is Ewan Murray. Right, OK. Um, because he's been released by Worcester. Who on earth will pick him up? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think, oh, Ed- Edinburgh. Or, yeah, be, I think like, he's right. And I think he's yeah, but, what, but, but what, if what, if, what if they're playing on Sunday and he's too busy loving the baby Jesus? Well, he could go to um, Super Rugby. Because they, oh, they don't, they don't yeah, play, yeah. On, they don't play on Sunday. They could go yeah, to like you, the Lions or someone like that. I don't think it'd suit his game particularly. Well, what is his game? Um, he, he was a solid scrimmager for. He a, was very good. Yeah. yeah, okay. He <laughs> was. He was seasons. a solid. Yeah, okay. Do you want someone who was a solid scrimmager? Okay, maybe we'll consider it. Okay, so we've got a question mark over uh, <laughs> over you and Murray. No, um, we'll have his agent oh, yes, on sorry. the phone shortly. <laughs> Uh, um, he, he didn't want to be on the podcast today, weirdly. Um, the, the other prop where there is a question mark over, uh, because nothing's been announced, but he's not played for a long time, is Andrew Sheridan. Oh, yeah. So he's, That's a really good point. He's, he's still at Toulon, Um And I was... He, he's not... I don't think he's uh, contracted to next year, but I don't think he's announced what he's doing yet. Um, I was reading an article with the, the current Toulon strength and conditioning coach who's going to be at London Irish next year is he? yeah so that'll be quite interesting but he was saying that Sheridan is still the best guy in the gym at, at Toulon which is uh, which is quite <laughs> quite an accolade mind you don't you just get stronger when you get like to 30 it's not like your peak strength it might not be your peak uh, explosivity if that's even a word <laughs> um, but I'm sure strength wise it's okay because props do last for a long long time yeah yeah certainly do so possibly Murray possibly Sheridan Anyone else? Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I've got Ed Kalman. Who? I don't know. Ed Kalman. He's retiring from Pro 40. When, you, when, you, when you're retiring from the Rabo Pro 12, you, it is over. So um, <laughs> uh, he's finished. And a guy called Silvo Fiore, F-L-O-R-E-A. He's a Romanian retiring from the French League. Those are the only <laughs> props retiring in the world of rugby this They're, year. They must be like 65 years old as well because no, no one else is retired. Yeah, that, that's it. Um, so um, okay. I think we'd probably go, for the sake of the listeners, we go... Um, Murray and Sheridan. <laughs> Murray and Sheridan because at least someone knows who they are. With a question mark. And if Murray plays next year, well, apologies. We'll pick him in next year's team. George Shooter? Yeah, George Shooter retired a couple of months ago. Dean Whitehead? Yes. Is, it Dean is it Dean Whitehead or is he a footballer? Whitehead, no. Uh, Sam Whitehead. Whitehead. Chris Whitehead? I don't know. Uh, e- Exeter. Exeter guy. And uh, Sebastian Bruno. Is it, Sebastian is it? Bru- uh, I think Andrew Hall retired this year as well. Yeah, he's playing in the 
barbarian. Is he? Yeah. Right. Will that be one of those? Right. Okay. Uh, George uh, Shooter, though, I think. Do you reckon Andrew, Andrew Hall? Andrew Hall certainly better than George Shooter. World Cup winning New Zealand. <laughs> George Shooter, though, is quite a funny bloke. He's very, very funny. Uh, I've been to a few rugby dinners where he's been speaking, and he's been oh, really? super. Did he? Uh, did he neck a pint? He did not neck a pint. Oh, he necked a pint for us. Oh. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a good lad, actually. Uh, you uh, win. Yeah, <laughs> comfortably. Um, okay, on to the second row. Uh, loads. There um, are loads. I think here it's a case of picking your top two. Yes, so go for your list. Well, I've always liked Nick Kennedy, so I'll put Nick Kennedy in there. I, I like Kennedy. I think he's had, a, not the most disappointing career, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, but... Just unfulfilled. People didn't didn't pick him uh, in his prime. He should have had a lot more England caps. Yeah, he should have done. Um, he spent a bit of time in Toulon. I don't think he play, didn't think he played much. And he played. He hasn't played at all for Quinns. Yeah, uh, just not, injuries and stuff. Yeah, had injuries and then yeah, he's retiring. But he's going to be involved in London Irish next year, isn't he? In the coaching. The coaching. But he's only thirty-two. You could, I mean, it, no, he's not. He's older than that. Isn't I he? think he's thirty-two. Um, an interesting um, Nick Kennedy fact: his mum's an author. <laughs> I think you've yeah. mentioned oh, that, that a few three times. times. Three times, though? Yeah, at least three times. He is only 32. God, I thought he was older than that. No. That's um, a bit of a waste. It is. Um, so, yeah, we could have Kennedy. Borthwick's obviously retiring. Johan Muller. Yeah, that's the one I'd pick. South African Beef. And uh, Danny Russo, of course. Well, is he retiring? Because I can't find anything to say he is. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Put Danny Russo at eight, then, because I, I don't have an eight. Uh, oh, I've got an eight. If we have Kennedy and Muller in the second row... Yep. Then... Number eight, it's got to be Sebastian Chabal. Oh, well done. Of course Re- it has, yes. Retiring from, I think he's at Lyon this year in the... Uh, See, this makes sense division. to me now. Uh, like Sebastian Chabal has done the decent thing and got uh, extracted as much money out of the game as he possibly can by <laughs> dropping down teams, and that's fine. The decent thing. Yeah, it is a decent thing. It, you know, it, It's your living. And now he's realised uh, enough's enough and he's, you know, he's given it up. You would definitely want him in the team photo. Oh, wouldn't oh, you yeah. just? Um, but people like O'Driscoll and Johnny, oh, especially Johnny... Why doesn't he? Why is he depriving us of a few more years? He can go to the Rabo. Yeah, he goes to the Rabo. He can go, go play for Newport. Uh, it's just, it's just upsetting. Did you know? Apparently, uh, more you know, as this podcast is going to sh- uh, shortly turn into Johnny Fast. Um, he was the most highly paid player last year. Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the most highly paid player in the top fourteen, which is the, the most highly played league in the world. And that was after a pay cut. Yes, he took a pay cut <laughs> from the previous year. Wow. Uh, sorry. So. Um, so, back row, Chabal at eight, Rousseau at six. Yeah. They they beat my pairing of Andy Hazel and Declan Danaher by quite some distance, actually. <laughs> There's another Toulon player. Who? Jovan Niekirk. Is he retiring He's as well? He's retiring as well, yeah. Wow. Um, and there's a, a question mark. So, we could have Jovan Niekirk at seven. There's uh, Melik, the... Uh, Melk, yes. Melk, Melik. Uh, the, uh, the guy who's accused of gouging. South, Af- South African German Saracens player, excellent. And there's, I saw an article the other day. There's question marks over whether Stephen Ferris will play again. That's a real shame. That it's a, it's the same injury, isn't it? Player. Yeah, yeah. It's shoulder, no ankle, no ankles. Yeah. So yeah, he spent 18 months out. He came back, and after four weeks of playing and training, his ankle broke down again. So it looks like, fingers crossed, it's not because he's still only 28. Is that all he is? Yeah, fingers crossed he can do like a, a Joanne Smith and come back, but we don't know. Um, so yeah. if we say Van Niekirk and then go on to half-backs. Well, the only one I could find for scrum off is Paul Hodgson. Paul Hodgson is I, I don't, I'm not even sure if, if he's retiring, because I'm sure I've read somewhere he's going back to London Irish. Yeah, but in a coaching capacity. Ah, same same as Nick, Nick Kennedy. 
They're, they're, that's, that's three coaches we've, we've said <laughs> yeah. for London. Actually, they've got Steve Walsh, who's the Toulon fitness, fitness coach. They've got mm. Nick Kennedy and um, now Paul Hudson. Mm. Spending a bit of money. Yeah, so not great great pickings for uh, first scrum half. Fly half, I've got Tim Taylor. Tim Taylor, uh, Gloucester. Yeah. Shall we just move on from... Um, well, Paul Warwick as well, Worcester. Paul Warwick. Uh, Australian, former Stade Francais and probably a few other places. Apparently Paul Warwick <laughs> left uh, Waratahs because he overheard a conversation with Lottie Takiri and the coach saying that he'd, ne- he'd never be good enough to play for Australia. Really? So he packed it in and went over to uh, ch- chase some coin at the Irish. It's a straight shootout then, do you think, between Tim Taylor and Paul, Paul Warwick? Warwick? Yeah, unless you've got another one, CJ? Nope. Okay. No no one else retiring at 10. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, so centres... Well, obviously O'Driscoll. We could have a, an Irish 12-13 here with uh, Paddy Wallace. Oh, yeah. Who's retiring. Yeah, it was quite interesting. I, I saw that, that Paddy Wallace was retiring. And the thing I always think about with Paddy Wallace is the fact that Ulster made him stay at Ulster when Toulouse came in. Uh, Toulouse tried to release him from, uh, from his contract, contract about eight years ago. He said, no, really? no, you can stay in Ravenhill. How devastating. Uh, I've got Alex Crockett. Yes, is it Newcastle? He's, yeah, he's and again, out. that's a that's a good time to retire now. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's time. <laughs> um, there's question marks again over Mike Tyndall. Yeah, because he was going to play. That was the idea. I and think he's not. I think he was potentially going to be a player coach again, which he's he's been doing this last year. He needs to stop now because he, he he's not very good. Yes, but he's, he's useful to us as a squad player and his experience. But yeah, have him in a coaching capacity. Fine. So would you would you rather have Tyndall or Wallace? Well, if I was going to play, uh, I suppose Tyndall has done more. Okay. But it doesn't excite me. Um, and the back three. Yeah, I struggled a bit with the back three. Paul Diggin? Yeah, I've got Diggers. Diggers? Oh, God. Uh, Saki and Southwell. Is Saki retiring? Oh, yeah. You should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, Southwell retired through injury. I don't know his answer. I, I, I don't know. Uh, yes, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was injury. So there's a question mark over Saki. We could have another. We could have a code switch for a retiree. Go on, Ryan Giggs. Nice, nice. Uh, that well, played Oldham Rugby League. Yeah, uh, Welsh winger. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do that then. Uh, right. Okay. So that's our retirement fifteen. They'll be picking up their pensions soon. Um, um, yeah, please get in touch at Rugby Podcast and let us know if we've missed any. I'm sure we we normally do. <laughs> uh, now, are we going to have a game of rugby social? Ah, that's a good idea, Jay. Let's play some rugby social. <laughs> rugby social, where we take the tweets of players and I kind of make them into questions in the most roundabout way I possibly can do. So, uh, let's start off with this one. This is an exchange between Marlon Yard and Matthew Kvezic. I'll just set the scene. They're trying on the new, very tight England kit. God knows why Kvezic is trying on the England <laughs> kit, but he is. And um, Kvezic has tweeted, suck that gut in, pal. And Molin Yard has tweeted back, really good luck here. And because it's tight, he's put down a hashtag. So is the hashtag A, guns, B, belly, C, traps, or D, sausage? <laughs> what is he hashtagging in relation to the England's new tight kit? CJ, what do you think? You would assume it was a hashtag belly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I go, really uh, want it to be sausage. <laughs> <laughs> well, they normally have tight-fitting upper body, not really tight-fitting shorts. Um, no. I, I'm going to go hashtag guns. Okay, you're going guns. And I'm going to say belly. You're both wrong. <laughs> 
It's hashtag sausage. And Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go buy the New England kit. Why not? <laughs> Very tight shorts, evidently. <laughs> okay, now, in the absence of Tim, we always have to talk about Lenarish because his brother plays there. Um, but Jeb Sinclair has tweeted to Nick Rouse that he's watched his seven-minute highlight video. Does his seven-minute highlight video consist of him snatching opposition line-out ball, scoring wonder tries, or hitting 65 rocks? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say... He's a second row. He's a very good player, though. He's probably been scoring lots and lots of tries. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say hitting 65 rocks. 65 rooks in 10 minutes, no doubt. CJ? And I will agree with Bill. Correct. Excellent. Well done, CJ. Ooh. Okay, so uh, next tweet is from young Tommy Taylor in Sale. Uh, who's in the England squad? England set up now. I think everyone who's English qualified who <laughs> plays in the Aviva is in the England squad at the moment. Certainly hookers. We'll come on to it in a minute. But yeah, there's every English qualified hooker is in there. It seems to be he was watching one of the finals and he has tweeted... How can you have the worst something in the biggest game of the season? Is he talking about the worst commentary with Stuart Barnes? <laughs> is he talking about the worst kit with Saracens? Or is he talking about the worst refereeing with... Name escapes me. Uh, Alan Roland. Alan Rowland. Who amazingly was speaking French to the Toulon side, despite the fact that most of them don't <laughs> He just speak. loves speaking French. <laughs> um... I quite like, like the Saracens kit. I love the grey and blue Saracens kit. What? Pre- it's horrendous. I absolutely love it. I pre- yeah, that's a good point, actually. I prefer the black and red The kit. black and so, red yeah, I'm going to say the kit. I want Saracens next year to come out in their all-black kit, but with the red stripe, the single Just red single, stripe. That's a nice kit. Like a single heavy, thick, yeah. thick red stripe. That's how, that, that's how it should Classic be. Classic Saracens. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the kit, actually, because I don't like that uh, Saracens mm, away kit. Good choice. I think it is the kit, but I'm going to say Stuart Barnes because I hate him so much. <laughs> okay, so Phil is wrong. <laughs> and CJ is correct. <sighs> CJ takes the lead. Last one. <laughs> this one is from our old friend Andy Powell. Well, we're his friend, whether he likes us is a different thing altogether. <laughs> he has tweeted, Just something in the tank, you'll get another 50 miles out of it. Happened to me last week. Uh, Hashtag rocket fuel. So, fill in the, the something. Yes. I guess he's talking about a car. Yes. Okay, have we got some options? No, I'm just going to let you guess. <laughs> we're going uh, to freestyle this. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to guess he said just we in the tank. CJ? I have absolutely no idea, but I'm assuming this is some kind of product placement to pay for his divorce. <laughs> <laughs> like the um, like the Matt Gitto uh, fuel pellets or something. Yeah. Just pull pour Red Bull in the tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's delicious and powers your car. The yeah. worst Twitter account for this is Johnny Wilkinson's t- t- Twitter account. It is horrendous. Uh, oh, yeah. I've just been eating nut butter. Oh, well done you. Uh, and also, it's lots of things about his brand of clothing. It's only yeah. going to get worse now he's retired. Yeah. I know. I don't even think that he does his own Twitter. I think he probably has people to do it for him. Yeah, PR team. Okay, so so what are you saying, CJ? Put a high-quality fuel. Nice! (laughs) It is is actually a high-octane fuel substitute. No, it's not. (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) And Phil is right. Yes. What you, what you don't understand, CJ, is Phil wins everything here. Well, you, you, you can't beat him at any competition. <laughs> Although that's a draw. 
Uh, is it? Yeah, too, too old. And being a consummate professional, I don't have a tiebreaker. Perfect. So we shall move on to the continuing force, which are summer tours. Uh, things which I want banned, but everyone for some reason likes. And you know, well, who, who the, knows why? The sponsors like them. Sponsors like them. I'm sure the players must absolutely hate them. Yeah, the players must love them. The coaches probably do like them because they get to go to nice countries, nice hot countries. <laughs> A few weeks on the beer with the lads. Yeah, what do you actually do if you're the England coach most of the year? Or most uh, the England coaching setup? I mean, I've, they all have other jobs, in, in addition, I, I guess. <laughs> other jobs. Like, he's in a, Stuart Lancaster's an accountant for well, nine, no, no, nine like, months of the year. Isn't, isn't like the England attack coach also linked to a club or a defence uh, coach and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think I think there's certainly a few full-time roles. Like, Roundtree's not anywhere else, is he? And Farrell... Was at Saracens, but he's not. Yeah, you're right, actually. So, actually, they are just full-time full, England coaches. Full-time, yeah. I suppose for them to get their hands on, on, on the players, it's great. But if you're one of the players now, it's probably best if you explain this, film Because yes. I think this is highly irritating. If you're one of the players in the squad now, you probably don't want to be there. Yeah, so the, the initial squad of 20 was announced uh, a couple of weeks ago, only selecting from the teams that weren't involved in any of the uh, European finals and weren't involved in the last four. They were then joined last week by another 20, completely from um, Leicester and Harlequins, because they both got knocked out. So we've now got a squad of 40 that excludes Bath, Wasps, uh, Saracens, Northampton. Wasps and Bath players will join up with them this week, uh, because obviously Saracens and Northampton um, are playing next week. We've then got, on Tuesday of this week, so just when this podcast is going out, there will be one squad of players flying to New Zealand, while another squad remains for the Barbarian game uh, on at Twickenham on Sunday of this week. What is the point? And then a third squad compa- comprising Northampton and, and Saracens players will join up with that. The other two previously selected squads. Who is gaining here? There will be players, like young players, who wouldn't have got a look in otherwise. But they're not get, getting a look in, are they're, they? Well, they'll get some experience of working within the England setup, which is obviously got to be good for them. But it is a bit of a farce. Like, See, it, it's widely documented that it is a farce. I do think, right, if you want to be in the England setup and you want to get experience to the England, the, the England setup, it'd be like going into the I don't know, 2002 England team, but not training with any of the World Cup winners. So you wouldn't actually get what it feels like to be in that elite group because they're not the elite group. Yeah, you'll you'll get the facilities, you'll get the coaches, you'll get the some of the players. Some of the players. Yeah, but the vast majority. Um, you, you won't but we're in a position now where the teams play the Barbarians we don't know what it's going to be like because we don't know who's going to be flying out to New Zealand but we do know that all other players bar Northampton and Saracens will be available for the first test against New Zealand in two weeks time so what we're proposing to do now is pick what we think should be the starting team for that game so Christ that is like explaining the Super League <laughs> playoff system <laughs> it, it might be a little less complex but still Right, okay. So, why don't you take the lead on this? Because I still need to get my head around who's actually available. So, loose head prop. Obviously, there's no Marco Vinipola. There's no Corby Sierra, um, partly because of injury, partly yep. because he'll be involved. Um, so, we could have Marla, Mullen, Ross, yep. Ross Harrison. Marla starts. Harrison is the one I, one I was thinking of, actually. I quite like him. Yeah, it's interesting he's in the squad because he, he doesn't start that often for, uh, for sale. They they do rate him though. Yeah, they, they, they rate him highly. Yeah, and he, he's only young. He's only twenty one, twenty two. But I, I think everyone knows Marla will be starting in that game. Yeah, bar an injury or something like that. Matt Mullen's been in the setup for a yeah. 
few seasons. Yeah, and he's very season, so. yeah. him and uh, he he he's 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 a wasp currently, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Yeah. But the guy who they talk about most in wasps is, that, is actually uh, Cooper Woolley. Yeah, on, on, as, as on the other side. Yeah, yeah, as a tight Um Then we've got Hooker, which is interesting because um, Tom Young's would be involved, but he's not touring. So um, we're in the interesting situation where there are currently three Harlequins hookers in the England squad. Is there really? <laughs> Rob Buchanan, yeah. uh, Dave Ward, who, right. who's the starting, and Joe Gray, who's played five times. Joe Gray? He's <laughs> played five times for them this season. And he's wow. He's in the England squad because they, they've seemingly called up every available hooker. So there's those three. There's Luke Callan Dickey. There's Tommy Taylor. Rob, we- Rob Weatherer will be involved. Yeah, Mike Haywood, although he's obviously in Northampton, so won't be involved. Dylan Hartley should be fit for next week, so will be involved longer term. But there's... We're in a position where there's like eight or nine hookers in the in the England setup. And you would hope, you would hope, wouldn't you, with the England coaches doing nothing else but England coaching, they would have a pretty good idea of where everyone is in terms of standard, and they wouldn't have to bring in nine guys who otherwise could go on holiday and rest their bodies. The, the problem is that Youngs and Hartley, obviously both unavailable, who would be the top two. Yep. Um, Haywood's playing well, but. He's unavailable, and Rob Webb has been injured, and he's only just becoming available because of uh, that. Bath has still been involved in the, the European. He captained the England side that toured to Argentina over the Lions' year. Was it not uh, Tom Wood who captained it? Uh, I, I know. He, I know Webber was heavily involved. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I'm sure. No, I, I think it was like a midweek kind of captaincy type oh, thing, okay. or like a game captaincy. Yeah. I really rate him, but I think he's Weber. got no game time over the last yeah. few months. Yeah, I, 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 I think Webber's quality. He, he's definitely the one that, one that I would have gone for. Plus, he gave us two uh, two tickets on a stag dude to, to get into the back game. So, <laughs> he's in my good. good books. So, of those available, I would say Dave Ward is probably the, the form hooker. Yeah, I, I'd go with Ward. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're going to bring them all in, uh, at least have some guys for the future. Ward is, what, 28-ish? 29, I think. 29, yeah. Playing very, very well. But, uh, that, that contradicts your normal point, which is like, get the best. Yeah, that, that is. That's normally the point that I <laughs> well, make. No, I mean, yeah, no, if all your team's there and ready to go, you want your best team there right now. Yeah. But it isn't, is it? And let's face it, some of these guys are never really going to be in an England jersey. Uh, I would... I would I mean, if 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 you listen regularly and you listen to Tim, he loves uh, Tommy Taylor. He, think, he thinks he's a quality player. He's been behind Mark Jones in the pecking order at Sale. For Mark the, Jones is a beast though. for the second half of the season. So I think that Luke Cowan Dickey could be a good shout for the bench. If you cast your mind back to that god awful Newcastle Exeter game <laughs> that you had to watch at BT Sport, <laughs> I, I endured. Uh, Stuart Lancaster was there, and he said afterwards that he thought that Luke Cowan Dickey was the best forward on the pitch that day. Um, which which probably wasn't hard, and he's you know he's been through the England setup, yeah, age grade, so true. I think he'll be there or thereabouts. Yeah, that's that's a good job. So um, Cowan Dickey, um... Cowan Dickey, and Joe Marlis so far. Yep. Um, so tight head, Dave Wilson is the incumbent. Henry Thomas is on the bench, but Henry Thomas hasn't really been playing. Um, so there's potentially a spot available on the bench. Well, they've struggled for tight uh, tight heads all season. Nothing new there. Um, so, but Sinclair is playing well. So. Sinclair's an interesting one because he's not good enough at scrimmaging. That, 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 that's he, my opinion. He's getting better though. Tremendous ball carrier, uh, can make hits, um, and also can land on his head pretty well. <laughs> uh, but he's not that good at scrimmaging, which is a huge, huge problem. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, so, definitely, def- definitely one, one for the future. Yeah, Wilson and Thomas, possibly Sinclair. Uh, Second row? I assume they're going to go with Atwood. 
Atwood and Launchbury, it would be, wouldn't it? That would be fine. That would be my starting test pairing as as well. What, ahead of uh, Laws? I think so. At the moment. Really? I definitely have Atwood. I think Atwood's a monster. They're All three of them are really, really good. They're, it, they're lucky to have... And when you throw Ed Slater, he'll probably be on the bench. Let's yeah, like, Slater's a good player. Some good depth. And when behind that as well, like Kirchner, um, Michael Patterson's in the, the squad, the uh, New Zealand born. Is he? Yeah. Oh. Um, Jeff Parlin's in there, Charlie Matthews of Harlequin. So there's, there's good depth. Back row. Without, uh, who would you, who would you like to be in, in in the back row? Let's start there. <laughs> I would love Matt Garvey to give, be given a shot. I, oh, really? I that wasn't him. the name that, 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 that I had in my mind. I don't even know if he's made the team. I, I uh, he's remember. been injured the last couple of months, yeah. so he's not, as, as far as I know, in the team. I like Go- I like Garvey, I like Ferns. Yeah. Um, I, I think Wood is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Wood, so, Wood obviously won't be available. Ferns, is Ferns in the team? Is he in the squad? Uh, no. Is he not? Well, because they've not announced the Bath players who are in it yet. Ugh. Because they were playing this weekend, so they get announced this week. So he's, he'll, he's in contention. Robson will obviously be starting. Yep. Uh, Vunny Polar and Wood are both unavailable. Yep. So we need an eight and a six. Uh, Armitage is obviously not available yet, whether he be picked or not. Armitage, Vunipola and Tom Wood. That's like the dream back row. They yeah. can do everything. Yeah, that would be an awesome back row. Yeah, um, it's not going to happen though, unfortunately. But does Ben Morgan come in, even though he's not been no. playing well at all? No. Do we have someone else? Has uh, Ben Morgan ever had a bad game in an England shirt? No, actually, no. Yeah, that's a good point. He hasn't. And, you know, this Gloucester pack, is it, it could be beaten by some age-grade packs. <laughs> yeah, so it's not really true. fair to look at Ben Morgan's production from, from the back of the scrum going behind that thing. Fair point. OK, so Ben Morgan, Robson. Ewers. And then at six, would you have Ewers? Would you have, like, Tom Johnson would surely be ahead of Ewers in the, the England pecking order. I'd like to see Ewers at eight. I, th- I think he had a slow end to the season, though. Yeah, he did. He Exeter did have a extra. Yeah. He became a bit of a marked man as well because he kind of burst onto the scene and then you suddenly realised he's a big threat. So people were yeah. double teaming him. Yeah. Uh, uh, and James Haskell is the other one who's been sort of thrown around. He's name playing well, playing really well. Yeah, the, the stat that's flying around that he's made the most uh, most tackles and most successful tackles in the Premiership. Is that right? Year, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, um, now, covers. unusually for Phil, um, he was shocked by a yellow card. Haskell's yellow card. Uh, yeah, it was, was a bit. That's very unlike you, Phil. I think Flankart's yellow card was p- possibly deserved. He, he slid in on uh, Joe Simpson, but um, Haskell was just kind of saying it's, it's, it's unacceptable. It's, it's against the rules, It's Phil. unacceptable, it, so he was if, giving him a bit If of you want to watch pushing, go, go, watch, go watch sumo. <laughs> it's unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. It's annoying, isn't it? it that, um, that was annoying. Uh, and the card that wasn't given was to Brian Habana for that dive. Oh. <laughs> they should have both been carded there and then. They should, yeah. Right, so one goes off for ob- uh, obstructing, and the other one goes off for, for, dive. for diving. And that sends a clear message. Yeah. yeah. No good, problems. Good point. I would have liked Alan Rowland just to say, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, no, no, not even be angry, just disappointed. Just, yeah. uh, no, <laughs> just yellow card him. This is not football. This is unacceptable. Yeah, there was but, a sniper in the Millennium Stadium yeah. somewhere. His <laughs> feet came flying off. The, the crowd should all just, just went silent and turned their backs. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, so our final back role plays to get back on track. Uh, so, so would you have um, Tom Johnson? Would you have Haskell? Would you have Jamie Gibson? Oh, my God. Is a... Would you have Kvezic? No. No. Luke, um, Luke Wallace? Yes. Good player. I would not. I think it will be Robshaw, Johnson, Morgan. Robson, Roger, Johnson. With Haskell on the bench. That's what I predict, but I don't know. I'd quite like to see Haskell. I'd like to see Haskell there. Yeah. Okay. A lot of depth, isn't there? Scrum halves. Danny Kerr, incumbent. Yeah. He'll yeah. be starting, won't he? Well, that's, yeah, that's done then, isn't it? Um, 
Ben Young's will probably be on the bench. Yeah. Um, Dixon's obviously still with Northampton. Wigglesworth, who's has, still involved in this England setup, is with Saracens. Joe Simpson, I'd like to see because he's. I, I know the try got uh, disallowed this weekend or it got pulled back, but he scored a fantastic try last weekend as well. He's got a real, real turn of pace. He's like, a bit of a hothead, though, isn't he? He gets a lot of yellow cards. Th- Simpson. Yeah. I may, have made, I may have completely made that up. <laughs> I heard he's a racist. <laughs> Can I just quickly say on Richard Wigglesworth, there was a brilliant moment in Cardiff this weekend where he did another pointless box kick somewhere <laughs> and someone next to me just shouted, bring on de cock. <laughs> the entire like, kind of area was sat here and just burst out I bet the first time he thought it was hilarious and the 12th, 12th time he also yeah. thought it was hilarious. <laughs> okay, so Danny Kerr. Now, fly half is interesting. It's pretty much going to be a straight shootout between Danny Cipriani and Freddie Burns because George Ford's not available and Owen Farrell's not available. In what world does Freddie Burns start? <laughs> Maybe three years ago, Freddie Burns would have started ahead of Danny Cipriani. And by virtue of being in the setup, sort of, yeah. so long, isn't he? He's like, he's. It's almost like, I think with Freddie Burns, they've almost groomed him to be the next England 10. And, and now it's not working out. It's Everyone's crum- panicking. Yeah, it's crumbling. The house <laughs> of cards is falling down. Oh, and it was finally announced. He is, go- he is going to Leicester. He, he certainly is, alongside uh, <laughs> Sir Remy Bai, yeah. who's 35. And- very, very odd. I don't, it didn't say a lot about how, how they view Burns, I, I don't think. Um, interesting. Owen one. Williams is a future, so I don't think we need, yeah, to, uh, we need to worry about Burns too much. But So, are we all saying that Cipriano will start at fly half? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I would start him, but I don't know whether he, whether Lancaster will. I I, th- I think he will. I think he, given if you look at form, Cipriani has to start into the centre. Two Alagi and twelve trees will, assuming twelve trees is fit, will surely be the starting combo. Mm-hmm. There's a few other players in the squad like Anthony Allen, Sam Hill, who's yeah. not been playing that well. And Anthony Allen's like. The- Forgotten man of English yeah, players, yeah. isn't he? He's been classy he, he for could so have, many years, but never. He could have fifty caps he, by now. He had two horrible games, and uh, was it? It was a long time ago. It might have even been under like um, Andy Robinson or someone. Uh, it was a long yeah, time ago when he first came in, like two thousand eight. Yeah, and he's he was playing next to Ryan Lamb, so it could be a long, long time ago. He's never really recovered from that. No, he's, he's very good, very good operator. But yeah, twelve trees and, and two alagi. Yeah. There's also Eastman, who's in the squad. I love Eastman. Um, but, but he's not been playing. Yeah, he's uh, not even getting into the Bath squad. No. And actually, when when Henson came on in the Amblin, made it made a lot of difference. Yeah, yeah well, he, might, he might be in the uh, possibles versus the probables, Henson. Well, <laughs> he might be, but we'll come on to that in a bit. So, wingers. Go on. Yard. For me, Five. first choice. Yeah. yeah, Yard, definitely. Johnny May, perhaps. Because no. the shirt's here already, it's like, yeah. probably will be. Yeah. That's fine. And um, the fullback is Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no questions. Uh, and Chris Pennell might be on the bench because Foden and Gouda are obviously involved in the... Uh... I'm not sure about this Chris Pennell business. The more I think about it, has he just been held up because he's in a bad team? Does he just look so much better because he's playing with guys who like can't pass, can't catch, run in the wrong direction most of the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but... Just because just he gets two out of three right half the time. <laughs> he looks game by game all season. To, uh... Do you know what? Um, now, obviously I'm a massive Dean Ryan fan. And um, he said some really strange things this year. And one of the things he said is, we've made, made the necessary changes and with the turnover of players, we can never expect to be successful uh, this year, blah, blah, blah. Have you seen the turnover of players for next year? It's even bigger. The amount of players coming into uh, Worcester. Worcester is huge. Is it? Yeah. But it's nice to see that see, see that see that they learn the lessons, so you know. 
Yeah, I think there's like 12 players coming in, maybe, maybe even more. Right, so that's the uh, the England team that uh, Stuart Lancaster will pick for the for the first test. Mm-hmm. Very good. Right, let's um, let's quickly preview uh, the small matter of the big final this weekend. Yes, it's coming weekend. The the big final. Yep, I've been looking forward to this all all season. Two tremendous semis, and here we are. The Rob, the Robo Pro Direct. How many teams are in it? Uh, I think there's 12, isn't there? I think there is 12. I used to say 14, but it's not 14. That's French 14. So does anyone around here know anything um, about this competition? What's what's happening? Joking aside, last week's semi-finals were brilliant. Both of them. Were they? Absolutely brilliant games of rugby. And because I'm too cheap to get BT Sport. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I... I love it because it's free and it's on the BBC website. <laughs> I've been in Yorkshire too long. <laughs> uh, oh, They're very good games and it's obviously Glasgow, Leinster and it's in, I think, it's actually been played in the Aviva oh, is it? in Ireland. So Leinster oh, has so it's, it's like a home, a home advantage. It's, it's sorted way in advance and the final will be there. Leinster are unbeaten at home in the Rebel Pro Direct this season, certainly, and probably for quite a few seasons. So effectively in a home final for them. They've got to be. They've got to be big favourites. I really in, like it when Les, when Leinster play in their actual home ground. The is it odd? The is Royal Showground or something like that. It's causing strange. And the reason I like it, it's got like little hedges. You've seen the little like, little fences and fences <laughs> like, little, and like little hedges. It's, it's very well kept. I would imagine. I've not looked at the odds, but I imagine that Leinster are heavy, heavy, heavy favourites. But Glasgow are playing superbly. Really. Um, they're basically this was basically the best of the Scotland, Scotland team. team. Yeah. Um, Johnny Gray, Richie Gray's younger brother, he's yep. about 19 and about 19 so brilliant, does everything amazingly really? well. Yeah, he's better. I think he's the, actually better. Wow. Than the play well, that, that Richie Gray was expected yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, pe- people forget Richie Gray was very good for three months. <laughs> Before he went to sale and uh, <laughs> yeah. Steve Diamond's Alsatian terrified him into, <laughs> into playing some terrible rugby. Oh, God. They have an absolutely live wire scrum half. I think it's Nick. Nico Matawalu, I think his name, former uh, seventh player. Yeah, so yeah. Chris Custer, and then they'll bring him on at sort of twenty minutes to go, and he'll just. Oh, but so fast. So surely, surely, I Glasgow haven't... cannot disrupt O'Driscoll's final party. No, I really hope they do. I mean, and, and, and nor should they. No, <laughs> it's got to stick to script. Don't get any uh, big ideas, Glasgow. Stick to the script. Yeah, so um, I think that's the first time we've previewed anything, and, 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 and we're, we're sorry it's awful, but quite frankly, we just don't watch it. So uh, it's it's you know it, it's hard to tell. However, bad news: um, BT have decided to sponsor some of the Welsh teams, which sounds on the face of it good news, but that means we're going to have to watch it. <laughs> uh, it'd be good news for some of our listeners who uh, do actually watch it. So BT yeah, BT are basically making a move to take over rugby. They've yeah. just done a twenty million pound deal to name rename Murrayfield as well. Have really? They really? Yeah, the That's... BT Stadium or something. Like that. I, I'm at risk of sounding very very negative this podcast, but they need to sort out Murrayfield because it's the weirdest design. They've got like a gra- like a graded slope on it, which comes all the way down, and then it corrects itself right yeah, at the end. You have mentioned that before. It as is well. the straight. I mean, who designed that? It's very very weird. Anyway, so beyond stadium design, <laughs> there, there is a big, a very big game that will be on BT Sport. Yes, now we're, now we're talking. Saracens Northampton. Right. Now I made the bold prediction. I think the last two weeks that Saracens will finish the season empty-handed, and I'm going to I'm going to stick to that. I think Northampton are going to do it. I think you might be right. You know, I do uh, not. I think Saracens will win. Do you? I think they will be hurting so much. As if the sort of listeners saw that image of Billy Vunabola just sitting there in the changing rooms on his own. Not even his own players would come up and talk to him. It was just like, he's going to single-handedly 
carry Saracen through <laughs> next week. I, uh, hope, I hope you're right because they, they do. They, it feels like they deserve something from the season. I mean, well, just they got the the league winners trophy, whatever that is. But who cares? Yeah, exactly. No, no so one remembers dominant. that. So yeah. dominant this year. Yeah, to finish however many points, like 15 points and, clear. And they're a team that I've kind of grown to love. I didn't like it at the start of the season. I thought they were boring. But actually, there's certain beauty in their pragmatism. The way that they defend, that, that rush defence is yeah. wonderful to watch. Yeah. The way that they dis- dismantle Claremont. The fact that they are so hated has made me like them. A yeah. Bit more, sort of give me a <laughs> when they got they came onto the pitch at um, Millennium Stadium, they got booed. Did they really? <laughs> yeah, because there's only about 100 Saracens fans. In, fact, in the world. In the, this is a good point. The only Saracens fans are 50-year-old men who like dressing up in night outfits. <laughs> Literally, there's no one else. In the entire of Cardiff, there was only about 100 of them, and they made no noise whatsoever. More, <laughs> Accountants, more, basically. More Leinster fans, apparently. More Leinster fans, more Leicester fans. Really? Yeah, because oh, they'd pre-bought their, tickets. pre-bought their tickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leinster have right to do so after being <laughs> in a was it four out of the last six final, yeah. something like that. Yeah. The other thing about Saracens as well. I mean, we've been lucky enough to get close up to them in in sale. Yeah. I don't know if you mentioned it. We might have met Jack Burger. And they actually seem like a really good bunch of lads, and it seems like a real, real tight, close knit team. Yeah, and it's it's not just the team, but it's the wider squad as well. So they, they travel yeah. with like thirty five guys. So the whole squad, all the away games, all the home games, they all travel to it because they're like involved in the warm up and they're all involved in like the pre match stuff. And it is it's like it is the wolf pack. It's, yeah. it's really good to see. So I'd like to see him get something, but there again, I look at what. Uh, Northampton did this weekend yeah, and the way they played and how exciting they are and that 15 which they can put out at the start of, start of the game is frightening yeah uh, so yeah I'm going to say I'm going to say Northampton yeah if they can get their strike, strike runners going if they can you know, as I always say against uh, Saracens if, if you break the line you've got a chance the problem is no one ever breaks, breaks that line, line. <laughs> so um, um, and then there's uh, a few more games this weekend there's Toulon cast oh yeah which I fully expect Toulon to correct last year's failings and beat Cast in the final. Um, there's the England Barbars game. God knows what Who, what kind of England team will be put out. Uh, do you know what the Barbar squad is? We know parts of it. Yeah, there's some. It's very strong. Very strong. Ridiculously got, uh, strong. Which parts are we referring to? Uh, I've not got it in front of me. And then there's the very interesting Wales. Possibles versus Probables without the England players. I kid you not, this is the biggest event in S4C history. (laughs) (laughs) They are so excited about this. Um, The only losers here will be Wales because (laughs) someone key will get injured in that game. See, you don't like this and I love it. I think (sighs) think the only winners here, the only winners are Wales. They get to see all of their players. I think it is actually constructive and also they don't have anyone else to pay. So if if you fly... Argentina over you, you've got to pay, pay for their costs and all, and all the rest of it and share some, some of the match fees it's all your money I but, think it'll be brilliant to watch and everyone wants to watch it fun, but when George North will go over with an ankle injury or well George, George North isn't involved because he's in the premiership final the English players won't be involved so like Henson won't be involved Paul, uh, Paul James won't be involved yeah. Reese Gill Owen Williams would, who would be it'd be very good to see him in a Welsh shirt but he won't be involved why is premiership rugby doing this I'm not quite sure because to me, certainly middle of the season, I can I can understand it, but at the end of the season, let the boys play. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you want to say Henson, who I don't know how much he's on, I'm guessing it's not what he would have expected to be earning at this stage of his <laughs> stage of his career ten years ago. 
But, you know, you've, you've got a guy who, who you're not paying much, can actually sell some tickets. Why don't you let him go back, back to his national team, get some exposure? It would be so much better for, for Bath and for the Premiership if Henson goes on to star in the, yeah. the World Cup next year. For the, for the next 18 months, he plays in and out for Wales and stars in the World imagine, Cup. Yeah, imagine, brilliant. Imagine Henson having an absolute stor- storming World Cup. I imagine this most nights. And <laughs> coming back into Bath, and then Bath pair up Henson with Burgess in the centres and all of a sudden they're going to be packed I mean they're packed out anyway they're going to be the most exciting and most talked about team in the whole country but Burgess will be in the second row no he won't because that's ludicrous (laughs) CJ second row or not well I was adamantly would be in the centres but then it was the Bath coach came out he said number eight he said he'd be in the forwards not not number eight he just said forwards oh he's he's, second row he's winding you up he's winding you up (laughs) I'm saying Northampton you're saying Northampton CJ saying Saracens not Glasgow Glasgow I'm Saracen. Glasgow. All right, there you go. <laughs> That's it then. I think we're actually done. Please, Tim, hurry up, come back. Uh, we <laughs> apologise for uh, killing your listening figures, Tim. Uh, and we'll see you next week with a full compliment. And in the meantime, we'll get sang out by... Mick Morgan? I want to hear Alex corbett Sierra as he's just oh, come, back, come back on the scene. Yeah, Alex Great Corbett's... beard as well, by the way. It is he's a great beard. He's been working that for a while. That's a great yeah, beard. Yeah, great beard. Excellent. All right, bye. 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 Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrum is straight, Tom is right, I don't deny it. Test me, try it, style you don't buy it. I'ma grab the microphone and start to fly it. Up, up high, grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we represent L.I. London Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick of tenants, you can't buy this. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.